Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so, so excited for the interview today. It's with my friend, Melissa Lance, who owns The Fresh 20. This woman is amazing, and she's going to talk to us about meal planning because she's been doing this for quite some time. But I also befriended her as an entrepreneur, and she helped me a lot, actually, with this last year in my business. And she's actually the one who helped me name Flow365. So I'm eternally grateful because now we have this group of amazing women who are spending a year really planning their lives so that food fits in. It's so much fun. I love Love it, and I'm so grateful for Melissa. So I am going to read you her official bio in a sec, but first I have two announcements. Number one, you guys, it would mean the world to me if you love listening to this podcast, if you could go rate and review it on iTunes. It would be so great. I'm trying to get up to at least a hundred ratings and as many reviews as we can possibly get. And if we get some good ones, I might even start reading them on the show, which would be so much fun. Um, But just these numbers make a big difference in who can see this content. And I know that people who are tuning in and listening love the podcast. So share that love so that more people can find it. And I am internally grateful for anyone who does that. So thank you in advance. Number two is I spent the last week kind of quiet as we're actually launching off Flow 365 where all the women in the program are getting kind of quiet and I'm doing the work with them and really planning out what I want the next couple months to look like. And I've got so much exciting news coming up, but one of the things that I realized is I have a ton of content inside of me that I keep getting out in little ways. You know, I'll put a post up on Facebook and then a post up on Instagram. But what I feel is that it's not as, it's not being as seen as I would love it to be seen. So I am focusing like 150% of my effort on the podcast and Instagram because those are my two favorite ways to serve people and show up and have conversations. So there's, I'm going to test out for a little bit what it's like to serve up more content on the podcast. So we're going to keep these weekly interviews, but around the weekly interviews, I'm going to add in some little episodes that each have a really important lesson around planning, calendaring, thinking about meals, whatever it happens to be. I have this long list and the long list is pretty much all derived from questions I've received that I've really wanted to answer. And I just figured like this would be the best place to have that repository. So I hope you guys like it. I would love to hear feedback once this starts up and it will likely start up in a week or two. I would love to hear feedback. I hope that it helps you and I would love to hear what questions you have. So two reasons to email me this week. Number one is to ask a question and you can email Mia at plansimplemeals.com and I will answer your question during these extra episodes that I'm having. So Mia at plansimplemeals.com, pretty easy to remember. Email me your burning questions around life planning, um, meal planning, anything that really is getting in the way of you leading the life that you really think you love. And a lot of times I do map it back to food. I will usually admit that, but any question goes. All right. Number two reason you would email me is that after you listen to this episode, you're like, oh my God, I have to see what Melissa's Fresh 20 looks like. Um, I want to get in. Email me and then I'm going to work something out with Melissa so that we can figure out how to get you guys um, into the Fresh 20. I mean, it's like the most reasonable thing you've ever seen, but You can just go Google it, but maybe she'll give us a little special extra thing for all the listeners of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. So those are the two reasons to email me, Mia at plansimplemeals.com. All right, you guys, let me tell you the official story of Melissa. 
you'll get to know pretty well in this episode. So Melissa Lance is a former internet marketing executive who quit her day job to promote good eating habits in the midst of a national health crisis. As founder of The Fresh 20, Melissa strives to bring fresh food back into the household table and reduce the amount of processed ingredients being used. During the fall of 2009, Melissa dedicated her efforts to creating this tool for busy families and and singles stuck in the takeout rut. To further her goal to be part of the food revolution, she wrote The Fresh 20 Cookbook through HarperCollins in 2013. And... This woman is amazing. She's always making everything better. I just saw the latest version of the Fresh 20. It's absolutely gorgeous, but she keeps going. That's what's so inspiring about her. She keeps taking action and going with her food, with her business, with her family, whatever it happens to be. So I hope that you learn a lot on this episode and join me in making a commitment to meal planning going forward. All right, you guys, let's get Melissa on the show. Hello, Melissa Lance. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hi, Mia. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you here because I know we've done a lot of talking in the past, but it's fun to do it on air and be able to dive into your story because I feel like I'm always telling you my story. <laughs> well, it's a great story. <laughs> um, so, well, and for, for people who um, don't know Melissa, she is the amazing um, founder CEO of the Fresh 20, which is a meal planning service. And I went into that a little bit of that in the intro, but now she also does business coaching. So I know her from her business, but I also know her because she's helped grow Plan Simple, which is really cool. So tell us a little bit about how you got into meal planning because I love this story. Like, take us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't necessarily that intentional. I was working in a in a corporate job. Um, I was killing myself in a corporate job, basically working like seventy hour weeks, traveling a lot. I had little kids, mm-hmm. and um, it all started to go awry. <laughs> My kids were eating amazing. And I was eating a lot of takeout, um, frozen burritos. And um, I noticed that a lot of the women around me were doing the same thing. Like we, we knew what we were supposed to be doing and we were trying to do it for our kids, but we weren't doing it for ourselves. And it really got to this point. I realized my kids are going to get a little bit older and they're going to start paying attention to what I'm eating Mm. and point to that and say, um, I want that. And, um, a girlfriend kind of said, you know, I was previously a chef in a, in a previous life. I I taught cooking in Pasadena. Yeah. I taught cooking in Pasadena, California. I went to culinary school in Paris and I'm, I'm a culinary school dropout. Oh my Um, God. I didn't know that part of your story. I love that. Yeah. So uh, all my friends always came to me for cooking advice and she um, was working at a consulting firm. And again, just like me, like killing herself in a corporate job. And she said, can you just tell me what to eat? Like her kids were a little bit older and she wasn't, didn't have the time to put it together. And she's Mm -hmm. like, can you just give me a menu plan for a couple of weeks? And I said, well, like just, you know, get some, roast some chicken and throw some vegetables in. And she goes, no, like I need a full on menu plan. Like I need you to tell me what to cook for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, um, so it started with me just doing a favor for a friend. Like oh my a one-off. God, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a one-off favor and it turned into a larger conversation with other friends. And then the real catalyst was I came home one night and I was having a frozen burrito over the sink and I had a blackberry in one hand and my frozen burrito in the other. <laughs> and my husband um, came in the kitchen and the kids had gone down to bed and he said, we need to talk. And Mia, in that moment, you know, when you're like, oh, something bad's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming right now. <laughs> I had had to look and I was so exhausted and so tired. I couldn't figure out whether I wanted to put my Blackberry or my burrito down to talk to my <laughs> husband. So basically the gist of that conversation was, um, I don't really like you anymore. I don't like our life anymore. Something's got to change because you're not the woman that we married and we're not living the life that we promised each other that we would marry. Mm. So that 
piece of information was, um, was the shock system that I needed to say, he's absolutely right. Like, I'm just, I'm a shell of myself. I don't even do the things that I love anymore. I'm never around with my family. I'm never present to my kids. And they were at the time two and three years old. So, um, and was he working full time then too? Yes, but, but you were working uh, hard. But he is, you know, he's a creative, so his job was way more flexible than my job. So he was always home at night, like, and he was, you know, and he was able to, you know, set his creative tools down, you know, his pen, his turn off his computer and be present at home. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't right. So, um, which is always a choice, you know, but when you're, when you have a, a big job and you're leading global teams and everything and you're working on every single time zone, it becomes really hard to just leave it at the office, right? Yep. So after that happened, I decided to quit my very lucrative day job. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get back to something that meant something to me and cooking and feeding and nurturing always meant a lot to me. I was the family chef in my, in my, um, in my family, I was the chef since I was about eight years old. I was cooking for all of the events and, you know, learning how to cook for my aunties because my mother was not a cook. My mother knew how to cook three things. And one of them was, um, uh, tuna melts. So, um, my mom was, she worked for a microwave company. That was her, her corporate gig. Right. So you can imagine like I grew up on microwave food. Well, and my, mine didn't even, but I think we're the same, age, similar age, and it was a time, right? Like mm-hmm. it was like the thing to have, and the kind exactly. of food, like to put food in there was just, you know. Didn't, and didn't you moment. pick your? Um, I picked what I was having for dinner by the dessert in the Swansons. <laughs> totally, totally. I didn't care what dinner was. I care. I always wanted the brownie. I, I didn't want the, the little smushy apple thing. I wanted the brownie. And I liked those mashed potatoes, which I don't think actually had potato in them. Those ones. Exactly. <laughs> and that buttered corn that, oh, oh it was all too much. So, so I, I, I quit my job and I started to do, to think about, okay, what do I want to do next? I knew that I wanted to do something that was internet related because that's what my job had been. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to completely give up my skill set. I knew I wanted to do something that was food related because I had loved food, you know, and, and cooking food my whole life. And I had had a very tumultuous relationship with food and I wanted to get back to a healthier relationship with food. And, um, and I knew I wanted to do something that helped families. So when my friend, everything kind of came together because when my friend had asked me about the meal, I realized that there was a lot of people like, you know, educated, smart, um, you know, uh, you know, women that could put, uh, put information together and make something happened and they still couldn't get dinner on the table. Yeah. So that's how it all came together. My husband told me he didn't like me anymore. And my best friend said she didn't know what to cook. So and that so was, yeah, now, that was with, now with the development of the flow planner in our world over here, there's definitely a lot of people listening who are either like at the beginning of entrepreneurship or aspire, you know, wanting to leave their day job. So can you take us back a little to that? Like, how did you Cause that's big. Like, you know, it's like a lot to go from a burrito and a blackberry in one hand <laughs> to yeah. all of a sudden yeah. being home. So we you just like quick, just tell us about that process of like, how did, obviously your husband was ready for you to do something different. So he sounds like he was probably right on board. And he then was. like, yeah. how did you give yourself permission, I guess, to find the space to create this new thing and then give yourself the time to do it. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that, you know, and a lot of people ask me that question, like you made a leap. Like I literally left a multiple six figure job to make zero. Right. And, Mm. and, and, and take a risk and not know where it was going to lead. I think the only thing that I can say is that the pain that I was experiencing my, in my life was, was too great to continue. So if you are there, so it didn't feel like a risk to me. It felt like a rescue. 
And I think that there's a lot of people that live in a lot of pain and don't want to change their situation because they feel it's too risky and they Mm -hmm. don't realize that the other side of that risk is a rescue for their happiness, for their health. And, um, I was, I was killing myself in my job and, and making my family, I was sacrificing the thing that meant the most to me, um, to feel comfortable about getting a paycheck every two weeks. Got it. And, and so that, and, and when I really had that, that came together in that moment of having that conversation with my husband and I had known it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So it just took somebody else to see it and to tell me, I see this happening. And that's when it was like, oh, like I'm really, so moments when people are with their family and their kids are, you know, you're always working mom or you're always dad, like they're begging for your attention or they're begging you to put your work down or they're, you know, we have to read those signs and realize, you know, what's the most important thing. And we have to live by what's the most important thing. We can't just say it and then live the opposite way. Yeah. So I think that that was, that was what it was for me. I realized that it's, it's, it's not a risk. It's a rescue. Yeah. And it's so important to remember that we can design this life that we are (laughs) creating. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. And that we can live with less for an amount of time and, um, in order to make something bigger. Tell us about that transition then. Did you, was that part of the, the choice? Well, we had a big discussion discussion about it. Cause I, I said, you know, we don't at this point, like we're used to having the money in the bank to do the things that we want and I'm quitting and we don't have, we, we're not going to have, you know, the money to go out and, and have a nice meal on Saturday night or to go to the store and just buy whatever we want without thinking about it. And, um, we're going to have to make decisions, um, with our family that, you know, and I think one of the things that we started to do is, you know, we were like, okay, the weekends are $50 weekends. So we would take and, and not on a card. So we yeah. would take $50 out of the bank and that's what we would use to get through the weekend. And so we'd ha- we had to get creative about, um, what we were doing with the kids. It couldn't just be, oh, we're going to a movie and spending, you know, 85 bucks, 90 bucks, however much the movies cost these days. Like it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we had to get really creative. We had to, you know, go to the park. We had to, we had to, think about what it meant to really spend time together without the finances. And we had to give up a few things, but we didn't have to give up what was most important, which was, you know, we started playing cards instead of, you know, going out and doing something expensive. We started playing board games. We started taking the kids to um, the the uh, park. We started having potlucks at our house instead of going out all of our friends and like spending a bunch of money in restaurants and stuff on wine and food. We started to just say, Hey, like Saturday afternoon is at our house. And we still to this day implement like people come over on our house on the weekends, like usually on a Sunday afternoon and hang out. And that's one of those things that was, you know, the things that we think are fueling our life and that are enhancing our life might not be the things that are. Right. So our house has become out of this transition. Our house became a place where our friends came over, dropped by with a bottle of wine because they knew that we were going to, and they you know could come by with some food or, or whatever. And even though now we're not struggling anymore, our friends still come over and we still, it's a place where people can come and we can hang out, right? Instead well, and that of, matches um, that value of connecting much more yeah. than sitting and staring at a movie anyway. Absolutely, right? absolutely. One yeah. costs more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, make, and the number one thing I can say is um, make coffee at home. Like completely <laughs> stop so going true. out and getting coffee because people just don't realize how much money they're spending on, you know, Starbucks or bean and coffee, bean and tea leaf for your local place. Yeah. And, and, um, and it's, it's not organic, which we know. Right. Right. Coffee. Well, my place up the, I have a place up the street from my house now that it is, but it's $7 for a coconut milk latte. I'm and, like, what? <laughs> and you live in LA, so you've got all those, but I know that, you know, you've got $7. all the dollars. $7 oh. crazy. Yeah. It used to be you could buy like a good drink for that. That, that was date night. <laughs> I know that that's I, I know. That's, now, but anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good tip. I love that. Um, okay. So when you started creating these meal plans, have you always been using um, 
20 ingredients? Yes. So the number one thing when I, when I started, I wanted the biggest thing on my mind when I started was waste because everyone, I was kind of starting during that whole Jamie Oliver food revolution. And, you know, he was trying to, um, to change schools and he was talking about, you know, farmer's markets and every, it was like really the farmer's market boom when I started and everybody was telling people that they should be going to farmer's markets and getting fresh fruits and vegetables and buying kale. But then at the end of the week, myself and most of my friends, it was a science project because those fresh herbs that we bought that we promised we were going to use during the week just went to waste because, you know, you just don't want to get home from work and then be, you know, taking the leaves off of herbs or preparing kale or whatever, right? So waste was really, really important to me. And I was on a budget at this point. So I wanted to still buy good things and the things that were necessary. I still wanted to buy organic dairy and, you know, grass-fed organic meats. And I couldn't do that and not have a plan. So I kind of played with it and I did a, like a name that tunes thing where it was like consistently over and over again, can I use a certain amount of ingredients to make five um, different weeknight meals? And that's, that, that's where the 20 actually came from. It was no other thing than like, I just didn't want, I wanted to have zero sum in my refrigerator at the end of the week and I wanted to use it all. Um, and so I just played around and, and then that was a number that I was like, okay, like I can do this week after week that I can take these 20 ingredients, a couple of really good proteins, you know, a dozen vegetables and some, you know, add in like, you know, beans or grains or whatever it was. And I, I can like create with, with that and feel really good about, about not wasting and still have like good variety of meals so it became like a puzzle game for me every yep. single week and that's, and I that's where it that started relaxing for you and for those who you ended up serving um just in terms of shopping because shopping can be such an overwhelming part of meal prep especially for like if you're busy and you you know you can get that can just take so much time especially if you have yeah it can and then you you it, it's just it was interesting because some one's like, oh, you just sell recipes. And I said, no, I don't. I give you back three hours of your time every week and I save you money and I make a plan. And it's like, you, you just people, because people, you can, of course, there's places online where you can go and you can just choose five recipes and create a shopping list, right? You can mm -hmm. just create an aggregate shopping list. But every time you do that, there's like 80 things on the shopping list and it does take you forever. And you're going in and then and then you're, you're having so much waste in like the amount of food that you're doing and none of them are in a puzzle. None of them are matching up. You're just, you know, five things that sounded great to you that week. And, and so I think that the idea of, of no waste and time saving was really important to me because I, I, I'm like you, I want to get into the grocery store. I want to be in and out. I don't want to go in the middle. I just want to go around the periphery, get all my fresh food and be out of there. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it became really a part of it, a part I love of, that. of that. Yeah. And, and I find that so much of, um, you know, so much of budget being wasted at the grocery store and a lot of like kid discipline issues at the grocery store, if you're bringing your kids shopping, like totally re revolve not around anything except not having a list and a plan. Right. So yeah. it's like the easier the list, the better that all is. Cause usually like we spend more money cause we see something. And then everything that we see is usually at our kids' eye, eye, you know, eye level if we have children with us at the market. So it's like... Oh, it became so easy because I just, like, when my kids got old enough, I just gave them the list. Yeah. And they just helped me instead of them looking around the store for treats Rather, and things yeah. that they wanted. I was like, this is what we're getting today. This is all we're getting. Help mommy. And they get into it because they're, like, on a little treasure hunt of finding the things on the list and it 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 solves so many problems of you know going and not being prepared and wandering aimless, aimlessly yeah. around the grocery store I love kids, that kids really get into the planning of it when yes. they have an investment when they're investment invested in what they're going to eat and they're invested in the process and you include them in the process guess what they're less picky about eating and they want to try the food because they helped to create the food. 
Yeah. And so I think it's, it's a, an entire process. And I know there's a lot of moms that feel stressed out about, you know, letting their kids participate because it takes a little bit longer or they stress out because they don't want their kids in the kitchen because it slows down and they just are wanting to get it done. But all I can say to that is they're missing the reward of, of having these types of experiences with their kid and bringing about the joy of preparing food and nurturing yourself and having it be this and this plan because kids really get into that. And I, and I've seen it with, with um, my own kids and I've seen it with our subscribers that write to me and tell me how like just being on the plan has changed their kids' ideas about food. And if we could do one thing as parents to leave a legacy of a good, healthy food relationship to our kids, I can't think of something more important. I really can't. Because um, I had a really bad relationship with food. I, um, you know, I used to be 60 pounds overweight when I was younger in high school. Really? I would, yeah, I would I come home and I know it's very difficult for people to understand. <laughs> like I, I am, this journey is one that has been, you know, it's very difficult. And I, 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 food has been my nemesis and it also has healed me. And, um, I used to come home from school and like make an entire box of macaroni and cheese, an entire pan of brownies, eat the whole, both of them, eat the whole thing, take all of the trash to the outside. I lived in a condo with my mom and my sister outside, been like down stairs and where the entire apartment. So nobody knew I even had it. Oh. And, then they'd, and then they'd come home like a half an hour early and say, what do you want for dinner? And I would say nothing. I would say like, I wouldn't, I would eat dinner with them. I would never tell them that I had just yeah. like, eaten an entire pet. So my relationship with food and, and eating healthy food really evolved. And I had to teach myself because nobody taught me. My mom and my sister was, my mom was like a size zero and my sister was size two. They could eat anything they want. They never had to worry about food. They never, and I had a, a crazy relationship with food. Yeah. And so um, it's really been a healing process. And I think that the one thing that I can give my kids is having that amazing relationship with food because it's going to alleviate so many other issues for them in for the rest of their lives with, with health and weight and, and energy and feeling good. Yeah. And I feel really, really, I feel really fantastic as a parent being able to give them that. Yeah. And in our program, we talk a lot about that of letting kids in the kitchen. Cause I actually had a big thing of like, just wanting to get it done because <laughs> um, you know I definitely got into food I did not know how to cook or did not go to, go to culinary school and I definitely got into it because I, I want I needed to feel good and so when I figured out the food that made me feel good that really motivated me to be in the kitchen and um but but I was always in a rush at the beginning in the, you know trying to get dinner on the table and so what I did and what I, we've had a lot of success with is just naming the days that could be less busy. So like a day where you always can get home early from work or a day where the kids get out early from school and like start with one day, then add a day so that you, you just understand what the rhythm is. Um, And that's really helpful for people in like terms of, you know, getting that time. And then the other thing about the rhythm and knowing what's for dinner, that's super helpful is that a lot of times picky kids has nothing to do with the food. It has to do with the fact of the uncertainty of what's for dinner and kids. Yes. And they get, it makes them nervous because they're just trying to feel safe in this world. And when we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off at six o'clock, because we can't, you know, figure out what's for dinner and then we're second guessing ourselves. So then they're second guessing, like why their parents would be second guessing themselves. That's like the chaos. I mean, there's definitely people who have sensory issues, but for the most part, it's that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that the interesting thing about, you know, you talk about flow and, and I think the interesting thing is I'm always telling people to listen to their bodies, right. To listen to um, how, what you put in your mouth makes your stomach feel. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing that you talk about in flow that you have to listen to the flow, the rhythm of your life. And, yeah. and you do plan ahead to make time. Like I love the idea of at the beginning of the week, like on a Sunday that I'm looking at my week and I am finding those moments where I can slow down and 
that's equally as important to, to listening to, you know, my, my stomach, right. Is listening to those, like looking ahead and planning and like, where can I slow down in this week? What's going to, what, what days are going to be hectic? What days are not? And how can I plan around that? And that's one of the things that I love about flow. I love about meal planning. I love about looking ahead and like really being responsible for the, how you're flowing through your life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we can blame a lot of things, but if you can't take 15 minutes at the beginning of the week to like consider how you're going to show up in your job, for your friends, for your spouse, for your kids, for your community, for the fall, the next seven days, then what happens after that? You know, if, if you consider it to be, you know, chaotic, then you have to take partial responsibility for it. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. It's like... Yeah. We're not, you know, we're creating, we're manifesting every single week, week, day by day, week by week, we're manifesting the lives that we want. It deserves 15 minutes of your time on a Sunday. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. Um, and that's all it has to take. It's like, we all can spare 15 minutes, right? Which is so cool. Um, if you don't I, have 15 minutes on a Sunday, you don't have a life. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is you know true. what I'm saying? That's yeah. what, you know how when you're an entrepreneur, someone says, like, if you don't have, if, you know, if you don't have, uh, what do they say? If you don't have, like, an hour to go to the gym as an entrepreneur, then you don't have, uh, you, don't, you don't have a business, you have a job or so, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, it's the same type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so you've, how long has Fresh, when did you start Fresh 20? How long have you been? April 23rd, 2010. So wow. I just celebrated eight years. Wow. Yeah. So in those eight years, like, I guess either what has changed for you or like, what are those big lessons you've learned about this process of planning and how it can really change a family's life? I mean, we've heard a lot of how it changed yours. But, you know, like how, how has that evolved or like how, how does this really impact us? I mean, besides from everything amazing you've already shared. I love I the- think um, the, some of the biggest impacts for me, for my subscribers that I hear about is just when you when you do slow down and you do plan, you know, of course, obviously you save time, you save money, you have less waste, all of those things. But the number one impact that I see families have is that the quality of their life improves Mm. when they change the quality of their dinner time. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a big thing. And I I get emails and letters from subscribers that I know I have some subscribers that have been with me since almost the like day one, like, you know, they found me, you know, the summer of 2010 and they're still every single week using the Fresh 20 mm-hmm. and it's gotten their kids all the way through, you know, school. And it's an amazing that they say like, we never used to talk. We never, you know, and so I think that that's the number one thing. Like when you nurture yourself and your family through food, it changes the quality of your life. And that, like I said, that's, that's a big thing. And, um, but some of the other changes are, um, really like these personal shifts that happen in our life and um you know our lives kind of have these these this rhythm and this ups and downs and these events and these milestones that that happen and i everything that's happened in your life can be traced to food in one way mm-hmm. shape or form every celebration that we have pretty much there's food involved. And when you think about it, the different parts of our life, we can track back to a certain food rhythm that we had as well. Because I can track my crazy days at work back to frozen burrito days is what I call it. Mm-hmm. I can track my, I can track being in high school back to, you know, my overeating shame, my shame food days. Like you can really start to track the rhythm of your life through food. Mm-hmm. So why not have if food is the thing is one of the things that's carrying the rhythm of our lives, then I would say, why not start an amazing, nurturing, healthy food rhythm? Because your life will follow. If you're eating great food, you have more energy, which means you're spending more time outside of your home, which means you're being more active. People are seeing you more. You're being more engaged, right? If you're on a bad food rhythm, 
you have less energy, you're watching more TV, you're doing. So I, I think that that's one of the biggest shifts for me. And especially in the last couple of years of realizing that, oh, I have a, there's a food rhythm going on right now. And I got to pay attention into that and I have to shift it to something that's going to put my life in a better rhythm. And, and I think that that was a huge shift for me in the last couple of years. And that one that I started to notice, um, you know, in the feedback coming from subscribers and the feedback coming from other people in my life about what they were experiencing. And that was a big aha moment um, for me. And I'm, I'm really living, living with that. And when I, you know, it, we have these life events like you know deaths or births or um, big birthdays or whatever it is and so um, just watch the rhythms and if you find your rhythm is off or you're in a lull or you know you're in a, a mode of depression or scarcity or whatever it is like then then be abundant with your healthy food or be abundant with your food. Like if you're in a scarcity mode in your life and you're having, being fearful of everything, I say make soup. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, I, I know that sounds crazy, but like, I, that's what I, when I'm in a fear mode, I make soup and I just have soup on because it's low cost to make. You can make it in abundance. It can be on tap so that you can have it. And that every time you start to feel that, that pang of, of fear or scarcity, I have a bowl of soup. And it's amazing how that makes my, it calms down my mind, it calms down my body, and it gets me out of that, that like tangible tingly feeling of, of fear and scarcity and puts me into comfort. And um, so that is a big deal for me to realize that your, your, your food is, um, is really affecting, affecting a lot more than you think it is. It's not just a scale. Um, that your food is affecting. So that's a big, a big lesson and a big aha I've got through meal planning and being consistent and and really using food. Um, you know, food, like I said, it's a rescue. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. No, I always say that when I changed my food, cause it was not so great at the moment that I changed it, it was literally like, I feel like it was 10 years of therapy in 24 hours. Like it really yeah. did shift everything very quickly. Of course, you can always work on yourself and do other stuff, but like just that little change was huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I see it in my kids too, which is always so great for, you know, a small. Yeah, it's just amazing <laughs> what it can do. And then the other aha and the other shift that I've seen is that, you know, um, just being really, really aware of that, you know, as we, as we get older, you know, when we're younger, we can eat a lot of things that might not have the same effect on our bodies. But as we're getting older and we're, you know, um, raising, you know, families or communities, um, just the, the realizing that you constantly do, you have to be listening, you constantly do have to be aware and really looking at adding some things in that might not be traditional into your, um, into your food plan, right? Like we all know the traditional, you know, get enough protein and lower your salt and sugar intake and, and eat more vegetables and all of those. But there are some things like getting in things like, um, adding in things like uh, probiotic foods, right? Like getting in, uh, fermented foods, right. And using some of the, the, the tried and true, um, foods and food techniques that other countries have been using for, for, you know, centuries. So really it's, I don't think it's food trends, but it's opening up your food palate to, um, some other things. And that has been kind of a shift in something that I've learned from, from meal planning is like, you can never just rely, like you've always got to be opening up to new foods and new varieties of foods because all of those things are contributing to your overall health. So yeah, so we added in more um, fermented foods like um, like sauerkrauty style stuff and kimchi style um, things. And, um, and that's one of the things that we've been working on as a family, like how can we be eating more fermented foods on a day-to-day basis? And something that I'm starting to introduce into the the meal plans because I've seen what a difference it's made. And I've done a lot of research about how those things are. So staying open and staying open to variety and, um, 
and just different things and, and taking things from different cultures and incorporating them. So, um, yeah, so our meal plans are getting a little bit more global, um, in their design. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. We spent a year, like, I think it was, you know, we picked a night, I think it was Saturday night and we'd just pick a different country and figure out what that food would be like. And it was really fun. And, you know, we were always trying to figure out in a gluten-free and dairy-free way. So you had to change things. And it was just so cool to like open up our mind to the, the fact that, you know, those comfort foods or the foods that we didn't know and we didn't think we could eat could be made healthy, especially in this day and yeah. age. Yeah. That's amazing. It's yeah. really amazing. Well, thank you. Will you tell us how, uh, I mean, we go to the fresh20.com. Is that the best way to, to, see what you're up yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, the fresh20.com and um, we've got a lot of really some exciting things coming up. I'm really getting into this new um, kind of revised mode of like, oh, I just, there's so much I want to be sharing. So we're just getting into this big mode of like just content and just really putting a lot of information out there to make it as easy as possible for people to make changes and incorporate variety and incorporate health into their lives. So I'm really excited about some stuff we have coming up on the, on the website and oh, good. some changes we have coming up to, um, uh, meal plans and we're adding in a couple new categories of meal plans. So yeah, it's, it's and it's we have a lot of people time. that are gluten free and dairy free and have all sorts of sensitivities who are listening to tuning into this podcast and you have, but you have all that, right? Yeah, we do yeah. have all that. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, and it's funny because, um, you know, in the flow planner and in what I teach, I always say it's a meal plan, but there's nowhere written in that that you have to make it up like that my whole you know my whole thing is to write it down and it's interesting because i have done the fresh 20 and i've you know looked at meal planning things and i still write them down in my own format and i make sure that they work in my week and you know that that the the, the harder thing isn't on my harder day like that kind of stuff right but, yeah and so i i like make it my own but we don't have to make that up like we don't have to make this hard for ourselves this can be Eat, like it, it, it does have to take time. I think it has to take more time than all these magazines are promising us in like the four minute meal. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's the point. You know, I think the point is, is that we want it to take time because that's how we connect and learn food and like feel good and don't have to take all this medicine. Um, yeah. I always know. say, I, I just think that no matter how you get there, whether you use a meal planning service or you are dedicated to your flow planner every week or whatever it is, just, just take the journey to get there because it's so good. You and I both know the benefits of, you know, slowing down, planning ahead, um, planning your meals, sitting down with your family, all of those things. And so however you can get there with ease and grace, that is what I encourage and always be striving to add five minutes more to your family time, however that can happen in the day, because it's, it's, it's really the most magical thing. And as my kids are getting older and I'm realizing I only have them for like another five years, um, that's a, that's a crazy thing. And I think yeah. to myself, what am I going to do with all my time afterwards? You know, it's like, yeah. I just am sinking in right now to the moment of, oh yeah, no, I'm going to be planning a lot more time with my kids, much to their dismay. <laughs> Same thing with the I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. It's like, oh, mommy just clicked into the fact that I want to be spending every waking hour with you. And they're like, oh, great. And, and someone, someone once shared that like the average woman, you know, spends up to an hour a day just like thinking about food, like worried about what's for lunch, like thinking about what's for dinner, how they're going to get to the grocery store, whatever, just like those little fleeting thoughts. And I was like, really? And so I started to do the math. And even if you half that, even if it was just a half hour that you thought about it a day, um, you know, without sort of having a plan, just like you keep thinking like strain of thought of what's for dinner um, until you end up at the grocery store making dinner. Like that's a lot of time. That's like four or five weeks of vacation at a half hour. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of time that you, we waste like thinking about this and how much is the fresh 20? It's really inexpensive. Yeah. I mean, if you're on our annual plan, I think it's like 
six dollars a month or something like yeah, that like i mean right it goes yeah it, it it ranges but i think annual members are like six dollars a month they get access to like a crazy amount of archives um yeah. you know we have over i think by i mean at this point we don't repeat our menus so we have oh you know yeah we have a lot of uh, a lot of meal plans in our in our archives so you can always right. find stuff so yeah no it's a it's a it's a good service i when i'm away and i come back i realize how much i missed it you know yeah. so yeah. it's a yeah thank absolutely you so much for your time a hundred percent thank you mia yeah. At the end of every episode, we go through three doable changes that I take out of the episode so you can take what you've been inspired and what you've heard and put it into action this week. I always choose three things, but full disclosure, I teach that you do one of these things, one doable change a week that you pick out on Sunday, you commit to it, you put it into your calendar, you plan for it, and then for a full week, you have fun with it and you pivot and you figure out how to make that thing happen. And what I find is if we change our habits this way, one thing at a time, instead of putting 10 new habits in and going, 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 and then all of a sudden a child getting sick or going on vacation or something happening that throws us off of one or all those habits, and then all of a sudden we have nothing. When you focus on one thing, you really make it work in your schedule. And you see where it doesn't work and you change things to make it work and you figure out how to have fun with it. You figure out, you learn throughout the process. And I really do find that that leads to lasting change. So one thing a week, I know it's hard to just commit to one, but I promise that one change a week for 52 weeks can make a big difference in the course of your lifetime. So here are three doable changes from Melissa's episode. Number one, plan a $50 weekend. Oh my gosh, do I love this one. Put your credit card away and take $50 cash with you. That's it for the whole weekend. Get creative. Have a potluck instead of going out to dinner. Go to the park with your kids. Find free entertainment in your area. Notice what feels hard about this change and then plan for it again another weekend. What happens is you get more used to living this way, you guys. And Melissa did this at a time when she had first started a company and was trying to cut back her expenses because she didn't have her corporate job anymore. And so they needed to do this. But now she says that her home is the place that everyone wants to come for dinner on the weekends because her potlucks are so much fun. And she's also very aware of what she wants to put in her body. And it's so much easier to control that when everyone's cooking at home, even in a potluck situation. That's a whole another podcast episode, how to have a potluck where everyone brings something that you can eat. All right. Plan a $50 weekend. That is doable change number one and one I will be playing with over the course of the this summer. Number two, use a meal plan. You guys know I love this one. So make a meal plan for the week. You could use the Fresh 20 or you could come up with your own. And I want you to focus on real foods and don't be afraid to have overlap. The chicken you make on Sunday can go into your salad on Tuesday. The big pot of beans you cook can go into burritos one night, and it can be part of rice bowls another night. Having meal plans makes this kind of overlap and batching possible and easy, and it will make your whole week work a lot better. Meal planning is one of those doable changes that if you haven't played with yet, I highly recommend. It can make a really, really big impact on your life. And because of people like Melissa, you don't have to do it alone. The Plan Simple Meals cookbook is also organized actually by meal plan by nights of the week, which is something that I teach. And there's such a wealth of information out there that just Google meal plans for whatever diet you're on and you will find something. So you don't even have to do this one alone, but just having that plan, looking at it, putting it on the refrigerator, um, referring to it, it will help de-stress mealtime. I promise. All right. Number one, plan a $50 weekend. Number two, use a meal plan. Number three, Take your kids grocery shopping. I know a lot of women who don't want to take kids grocery shopping because it takes too long or they end up buying too much junk when the kids are around because, you know, kids, they're always grabbing and saying, my friend has this. I want to try this. But try it a different way. Go in with a list. You could do it a few times on this week if you wanted to, even if you usually do one big shopping list. 
go in with a list, have your lists focused on the parameter of the store as your meal plan hopefully did too. So you're really focused on produce and animal protein and the raw ingredients you need to make your meals, which are usually on the parameter of the grocery store. And give your kids the list and have them try to go find the things. Make it sort of like a treasure hunt and start informing them, or you don't even have to inform them. All you have to do is make it a fun treasure hunt and they will start to see what kind of stuff you put where. You can teach them to be nicer to the fragile produce and to maybe put the meat not on top of the broccoli that you're going to have raw, whatever it is, but you'll, they'll start to get little lessons and they'll start to learn about how to shop well, which is a skill that only only we can teach them. All right. Those are my three doable changes for this week. They're all amazing. I would definitely choose one of those. Start there. If you've already worked on these three things, you can go to plansimplemeals.com slash 101, and I have 101 doable changes that you can pick one. And again, just please pick one for the week and know that for the next 52 weeks, you can always have one new and different doable change. All right, you guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.